life. You're born into the world, you grow, you mature, you go to college, you start a career and a family. It looks like everything goes as planned. Or does it? episode of the glory in our stories i'm your host calvin wayne Pinewood jr on this episode we'll be talking about changing the narrative changing the narrative so they give you a premise um first of all i do want to say this it is okay well i, I put this phrase and i posted it on facebook but it came to mind yesterday after i had to make a what i felt was a life-changing decision it was one of those decisions you make when you're just not certain and um, you are in a desperate need of guidance. Um, but I was listening to um, Open Up My Heart by Yolanda Adams that came out in 1999. For those of you who traditionally listen to gospel music, even if you just listen to music in period, um, listen to music, period, sorry. Um, around that time, Yolanda Adams hit the scene um, and she came out with this song that had this very intimate feel to it but it didn't sound like gospel and I think that's what drew a lot of people to it and plus her style of music so but there's a part in the chorus when she says uh, guide me until I'm sure and I know a lot of people like to be sure before they're guided I'm sorry you guys have to hear that that's our cat um, trying to shake whatever she has um, off <laughs> so uh, but as I was saying and the chorus says guide me until I'm sure and a, a lot of us like to have a, a sense of direction before we make a decision and in this particular situation I was tr I, just, I wanted to be sure um, but that's when blind faith kicks in um, faith is things hoped for and evidence of things not seen um, and I remember that scene from uh, Indiana Jones that I talk about a lot is when Indiana Jones in the last crusade when his father is dying and he has to go through this obstacle course so to speak and he has to cross this huge abyss but he doesn't see a bridge and and um he has to literally step out on faith and he literally steps out on the bridge but the bridge is 
is camouflaged and it's and it's it's camouflaged into the the rocks around it so if you slightly step to the left or the right you could fall but if you just simply step forward your feet would hit the ground so I think um, the verse is Hebrews 11 verse 1 faith is the substance of things hoped for yeah and the evidence of things not seen and man anyway so um, I, I posted this post basically saying stopping doesn't mean quitting it just means you're taking time to pay attention to the signs and if you drive and you're headed somewhere and you end up stopping it's not that you're quitting the journey it's just that you're paying attention to the signs Those, that may be a sign saying there's a dead end there may be a sign saying slow children at play um, there may be a sign saying that the the road is uneven or slippery when snowing like you don't know but if you don't pay attention to the signs you're going to end up keep going and doing more harm to yourself um, than it could have you do end up doing more harm to yourself by which it could have been prevented if you had paid attention prior so just wanted to remind you and encourage you to don't worry about quitting just be concerned about stopping because quitting means overall that you start something you could have finished it but you decided not to um, then again there's a difference between quitting and stopping when you stop you pause and then you ask yourself do I want to keep going do I want to stay here or do I want to go a different direction so you are paying attention to the signs so always pay attention to the signs that's presented to you um, because God is obviously doing that to get your attention. Now, whether or not you answer, that's totally up to you. But God knows how to get our attention because he knows us. He created us. So anyway, I just wanted to share that. Also, um, I am excited about my next episode because the person that I was supposed to interview, I was actually supposed to interview them on Friday. Totally forgot. Um, she called me and asked me did you forget about me and it immediately dawned on me oh my goodness that's like the first time that has ever happened concerning this podcast since 2017 for as long as I can remember so uh, I knew that I was in a different headspace because of that and that's that was a reminder that I needed to make a certain decision because it was affecting every aspect of my life um, negatively so anyway back to the topic of this episode changing the narrative um i was it, it was me and i was with my family and uh we were talking about um he he gave me an article and in the article it was talking about this writer uh i think it's in the, in the 1950s or 60s he was somewhere and, and he i think he got on a on a, on a uh, not on a bus on a train on an underground train may have been in new york somewhere in a um in a city on a city train in city transportation and he saw a woman that had i think a kid or two and some things in her hands and he wanted to help her but he didn't know if she was prejudiced or not uh keep in mind this man is a, a black man and this woman was 
white and he wanted to help her but at the end of the article he basically said if you weren't if I didn't think you were prejudiced I would help you and I was like wow it's funny how our um, expectations our um, degree of reality dictates how we interact with each other and that was a result of everything that has that has happened prior to his experience and unfortunately um, the world has created that narrative and basically put us against each other race against race sex against sex class against class you know it's it's never-ending but what if we had the opportunity to change the narrative so his uh, my, my my brother my brother's question was, but do we have to think that way, you know? And I was like, well, technically we don't, but we choose to because if we want to make things easier, we abide by those expectations. But at the same time, it still creates separation. And that's not what we want. If we are living in a time where we want everyone to have equal rights and equal opportunities, then we need to create those we need to create them so that night going into the next day i wrote this blog post that i'm actually going to read to you guys because i thought it was very interesting and it actually enlightened me as far as the idea of when an opportunity comes and when you're in the presence of someone that is different than you when you're in the presence of one whom in presence of someone you are traditionally um, opposing uh, based on what you've seen based on what you've gone through based on what people tell you um, you end up shying away from an opportunity to really get to know someone someone with uh, different perspectives different dreams um, different aspirations uh, just different different wisdom we miss those opportunities because we're so focused on what we have been informed um, in relation in relation to this type of person. So uh, the title of the I'm just going to read this and then I'm going to read you a passage of scripture um, and then I'm going to bring it together. I'm not going to be here too long, but I just really wanted to touch base on this because it really opened my eyes to the idea of actually changing the narrative, changing what we're so used to to receiving changing the way we see the world choosing to be changed opposed to waiting on change to happen so uh, the name of the blog po post is titled the gospel cut and it and it reads as followed let me start off saying that i enjoyed justice league snyder's cut it was four hours and some change but it was worth it they made some good improvements and i can honestly say that i like it more than before I don't love it, but it's better than what it was. I'm certain many other fans of DC were disappointed initially, but maybe all of our hopes have been redeemed. A slight change of narrative goes a long way, even for a fictional film. Imagine if we applied this to our reality. My brother pointed out, the violent atmosphere society has grown accustomed to since God knows when. There are so many prejudice prejudices floating around creating ideas about individuals and cultures we know little about in detail 
White cops have been labeled racist, black men have been labeled hostile and non-compliant to the law, and even Asians are being discriminated against due to COVID-19. The media doesn't help in the least showing everything but an alternative view. As a black man myself, though I value character over color, I am aware of obvious racial differences. I have to be aware of the people I'm around, whether I'm running down the street or standing next to them on an elevator. It sucks to have a to have to separate with the perception to operate, sorry. It sucks to have to operate with the perception that I may be characterized as a threat. My brother posed the question, should I have should it have to be that way? Do we have to comply to the idea that white people still deem themselves as the superior race? Are black people still viewed as the corruptive influence in our communities? Are listening to him and are after listening to him and conversing with others, I ask myself, isn't it isn't it our job as Christians to change the narrative? If producers, actors, and directors can spend time changing the narrative of a film, why can't we do the same to society? Matthew 5, 13, verses 13 through 16 claims, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven. It is our God-given right and responsibility to preserve the goodness so people can see his glory. If we are so determined to alter how we see each other, what actions are we taking? Are we enhancing our prayer life? Are we complying to the law while paying attention to our rights in a kind manner? Are we respectful to others and ourselves? It sucks that we can't alter how others perceive or treat us. It's discouraging to see others live and operate peacefully while the stereotypical mindset chooses to reiterate the influence of sin. The unfortunate truth is things will get worse. People will still kill, harm the young, and disrespect the old. It doesn't mean our light will go unnoticed. Jesus said we will go on to do greater things. That's found in John four, uh, chapter 14, 12 through 14. It's time to make our requests known and go forth to spread love. And my, it may cost us, but Jesus already paid our price. Let's change the narrative and value relationships, even if others will not. Let's be the change we want to see in the world. What we are capable of doing in the eyes of God will always be enough, specifically since it's carried out in his name. That's the blog post that I wrote um, maybe about a couple of weeks ago and I that that really challenged me to understand that this is an opportunity uh, to change it's an opportunity to not specifically spell out yo I'm going to change the, the narrative of the racial con uh, atmosphere um, but to basically say you know what I'm not gonna operate off that I'm going to see you where you are and get to know you. And I think if we continue to strive to do that, 
then it would leave margin for us to learn more about each other than we knew before. I'm going to read you one more thing. Um, then I'll talk a little bit and then I'm going to get off here. I thought these were very important. Now, I'm going to be reading from uh, John chapter 4 in the Bible. I'm not going to read the entire passage. Um, but the title of this section is Jesus Talks with a Samaritan Woman. Uh, chapter 4, verse 1. Now Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. Although, in fact, it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. So he left Judea, Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar. I, I'm pretty certain that I messed that up. <laughs> I think it's Sychar. Near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son, Joseph, given to his son, Joseph. Jacob's well was there and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon, you know, about 12 o'clock p.m. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into, gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself as did also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, go, go, call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you have had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. And then it says, sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshiped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the father, neither on this mountain or mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know. For salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. So um, the, the part that really stuck out to me was when it was verse 9. The Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? And it says in um, parentheses, for, for Jews do not associate with Samaritans. And uh, Jesus answered, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked for you for water, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. What that could also mean well i think i believe that this is the ultimate example 
of you never know what somebody could offer you if you don't take the opportunity to meet them where they're at and see the commonality that you share with them. And then I give you an example. Where I work, we have like this back elevator. And usually when I get on the elevator, um, more likely nine times out of 10, I am not just the only male, I'm the only black male. Um, I would get on the elevator and a, a young white woman uh, would get on, a young white individual, and I would move to the far end of the elevator. Now these elevators are only so big, but I want to make sure that I'm as far away from them as possible because I don't want them to feel threatened. And the funny thing is most of them will get on and speak to me before I speak to them. Because in my mind, I'm playing this narrative that if I'm quiet and I'm to myself, that I will not be of any threat to this young lady, even though my intentions are non-existence. Like I have no intentions to, uh, unfortunately at that time, I had no intentions to converse, no intentions to do any harm. I was just trying to get from one floor to the next. But because of history, because of what we've seen and experienced as as black men, we have to be very conscious of how we present ourselves. And even when I'm walking or running down the street, if I see a woman coming in my direction, I try to go get go as far to the opposite side as possible um, so that you are not um, convinced that I will cause harm. But I, after that conversation with my family, I was thinking, what if I took the time to say, hello, how are you? How's everything going? You know, the window that can open up and present so many chances to not only get to know who they are and not only for them to get to know who you are, uh, but for to open up a, a dialogue that allows us to speak into each other, feed each other something that was beneficial for our spirit and for our mind. So, and um, just beneficial for our overall wellness. You know, I could have had an issue that day and they could have been the one to answer it, but I would have never known had I not initiated a conversation. And in this situation with Jesus and the Samaritan woman, as you can see, Jesus knew he hit, he, according to this woman, oh, obviously, according to this woman, he just met her. She just met him. But Jesus knew she had already had five husbands. And she's also involved in a relationship with uh, somebody that probably is her husband, that, that probably is a husband, but not hers. Or he could simply be somebody who she's intimate with on a physical level yet is not married to him so basically jesus is calling her out on her life um and he knows a lot about her before you know therefore to give him validation to enter her private her uh private space as in her her um that you know a, you know breach that comfort zone and most of the time we like to speak into people's lives and not know who they are and that way it comes off intrusive so take that scenario with me being on the elevator um 
an intrusive approach would be this person assuming that I'm going to be a threat, but she doesn't know me or he does not know me. Um, so the interaction is tainted um, by unfortunate expectations and we miss out on, you know, learning each other's names, learning each other's interests because we're so caught up in what we think we know. Changing the narrative is very important because what we do will be passed on to children that come on, that come after us. And what if we're given the opportunity to break these cycles? Most of perspectives and this degree of hate when it comes to someone, their ideas passed on by previous parents and previous generations. No one wants to take the time and say, you know what? This has been going on long enough. I think it's time instead of it's time that we go right instead of left, go front instead of back, go up instead of down. I guess the question is, are you choosing to meet people at the well, people that you don't know and ask from them what should be accessible to everyone? Water. Water is a, a, um, a key resource for all of us, something that we all need. We all need to regenerate um, and, and, and replenish when it comes to water. Um, but if we can't meet each other in the middle, there's always going to be separation. I think this is a good example of back then when they had black and white drinking fountains. Imagine this just being one fountain that everybody can consume from, but going on a, a much deeper level, it's not the water of this well um, that's most important because that's only good for the body. But when you replenish something that gives you everlasting life and you feed that to each other and you both consume it, you both have an enhanced relationship. You both have an enhanced understanding. And feeding into that does more great, does more good than harm. And I think that's something that we need to strive for. We need to strive towards changing the narrative so that it can continue to evolve for next generations. Our children are watching us, our friends are watching us, our co-workers are watching us. Everyone is paying attention to what we do. What we do. Because you can say you do something, but do something complete. You say, say something, but you can do something completely different. People are watching what you do. Um, I'll end with this. And I've mentioned it before. My mom would get up in the morning, every morning. When I was a kid, still does. But I, I remember when I was a kid, I would come out of my room and then I would walk into the living room and mom was either in, she was either in two positions. She was either sitting at the far end of the couch with her legs curled up with her Bible open reading, or she was on her knees um, with her elbows on the couch and her head bowed praying. Mom would do this for about an hour every single morning 
first thing. It was usually the first thing I saw in the morning. First thing. Mom never stressed the importance of knowing God. She told us, but she never stressed it. She never forced fed us the gospel like vegetables, you know, or broccoli as a kid. Mom showed us. It was evident um, that God was first, even even above her kids. That's 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 the thing that blew my mind because mom loved us, but she loved God more. And I was like, if mom loves us enough to get us everything that she that we need to take care of us when we're sick, basically to just be accessible whenever we need her, how much more does she love God? She put God first. And because of those actions, my mom changed the narrative in my life because due to the position that I was in, I could have easily gone down a different direction because as a man, you know, upon which responsibility is given initially as far as the structure of the family and considering the fact that I was the baby of the family, everything was getting passed down to me. But nothing was starting with me. Everything ended with me. But a lot of stuff wasn't starting. And when I became a husband, it was obviously clear that I was responsible for the foundation of our home. Um, when I became an adult, it was clear that I was responsible for everything prior to that and building towards building. So, um, being the example, changing the narrative of how we see things, and it will be very, very beneficial for us to take the time to get to know each other, meet each other in the middle. There's so much going on. There's so many differences, so many opinions. They are, they vary in so many different ways, but what if we actually took the time to learn how to speak to each other? How to understand each other's languages, love languages at that. What if we took the time to meet a Samaritan man or Samaritan woman at the well? What if we had a conversation about how we got through 2020? How we experienced college? How we are striving to do that which we were called to do? How we prefer um our eggs cooked you know how we prefer um, to watch sports how we prefer to stay healthy what if we had those well we have those conversations what if we were you know two parents from two different generations or uh, parents from different cultures or or um economic classes the commonality is that we have kids whom we want to have better opportunities than we did. What, what if we had the chance to meet each other at the communal, the communal well? What if we, what if we had that? Are we willing to speak to someone who doesn't like us? Are we willing to speak to someone who doesn't like? Um, how we treat people how we treat people you know how what if what if what if are we willing to talk to somebody 
who thinks we are the enemy. Are we willing to do that? Because if we are, then we're willing to be vulnerable and we're willing to leave margin for growth. So that's that's all I wanted to add today. I hope that it was helpful. I hope that there was some some insight. I um I do hope that you would if you if you're interested, you know, read more into Jesus's life because he was the he was the perfect illustration of what man should be. Um I believe that's how that's why God sent him. Um, because he could have easily come down as God if he wanted to, but there had to be a sacrifice, and he also had to be an example. So God is the only perfect, Jesus is the only perfect human being that ever walked the earth. But I do believe, obviously, he was sent here not to be sacrificed, uh, but to be a, an example of what man can do. Because even he said, going back to scripture, that we as men will go on to do greater things greater things jesus died on the cross but he said that we will go on to do greater things um so i hope that helps you um i hope that uh that you are inspired to change any narrative that you're taking a part in whether it's um, how you treat women or how women treat men how you treat your kids how you treat your friends how you treat your co-workers how you treat your boss change the narrative be the salt of the earth. Be the light upon people's feet. Do that because they need it. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Hope again, hope this helps. Um, definitely tune in uh, for next uh, for the next episode. Um, I'm, I'm in actually interviewing that individual next week, and then I'll be posting that and and and, and doing advertisement pertaining to the episode um this is it's a really cool person um she's the one that i ended up uh forgetting to interview on a specific day but that that's a different story so um uh, but as i always say uh, love each other but most importantly love yourself love yourself i can't love yourself wow <laughs> um this is uh the latest episode of the glory not stories uh, with your host Calvin Wayne Pennywell Jr. and we were basically discussing the the idea, um, the challenge of changing the narrative.